Welcome to Village Church of Gurney Podcast. This week we continue on in our series, Renew. The name of the sermon is called Mission, and Pastor David will be preaching from Matthew 5.13. Let's join Pastor David now. Have you ever had the experience, um, perhaps you're in the kitchen after just climbing through the mountain of dishes all the way to the bottom of the clean sink once again, and you've got a towel in one hand and you're walking from the kitchen into the family room or living room, whatever room is next, uh, and, and you find yourself walking in, you see a book open on the table where you last left it, you see some things on the floor, the, oh, I was looking for that a while ago, that's about exactly the time when you're phone starts to ring, and you pick up the phone, and then you put it down, and all of a sudden you find yourself standing in a room wondering, have you had this before? Why did I come into this room again? (laughs) What in the world am I doing here? And that's not only a common experience, it can become a metaphor, can't it? (laughs) The busyness of of life. driving to work, uh, you got a dentist appointment coming up, you got a broken windshield that you got to schedule a, a repair at the car, a phone call comes in, you got, you're navigating uh, all of the schedules of your children and your students, you're uh, thinking about all that's going on in your home life and family life and church life, and, and we can get so busy that there can be times that we stop and think, wait a second, why on earth am I here? <laughs> what are we doing here? could be the same with church life, can it not? Have you ever stopped to ask that question? What are we doing here? Why are we here? Why, why are we gathering in worship? Why, why are we engaging in small groups? Why are we pouring into our teens? Why are we pouring into each other and our families and our children? Um, what's why? What's the purpose? What's the meaning? What's the driving force behind this? In one verse, uh, Jesus is going to speak to that question. Why are we here? Meet me there. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. Page 962, if you're using the church Bible provided for you. Matthew chapter 5. The first book in, in the New Testament that opens up, we're parachuting right into the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, he's saying to those who are listening, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. That first clause You are the salt of the earth. Do you see what that means for you and I? (laughs) You, you, you as an individual, you as a family, you, Village Church, you are God's salt for the earth. (laughs) Now, some of you are thinking, listen, I know Urban Dictionary. I know what salty means today. (laughs) Kind of disgruntled, grumbly, kind of a little bit fussy, you know, I spilled my coffee in my lap on the way to work. I got a nasty email, so I was salty with everybody all day. Not that kind of salty. <laughs> God is not calling us to be grumbly, fussy people. Uh, that's not what he means by salty. What does he mean by salty? 
uh, salt, in some ways, both in Jesus' time and in our time, does a lot of things, but two broad categories salt does very, very well. Salt magnifies flavor. It magnifies flavor, and salt prevents decay. It slows down. It, it, it's a preservative. It presents, prevents decay of whatever food it comes in contact in. First, salt, it magnifies flavor. That in some ways, if Jesus says that you, 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 I, you and I are God's salt for the earth. Now, there's no magical, wonderful, inherent quality in us, per se, as if we are distinct from any other individual on the planet. Rather, it's God's influence, the gospel's influence in our lives as we are massaged into the very grain and fabric of society that the gospel's influence through us, God's mission through us, God's mission through you, in a way, magnifies flavor. Now, you can see this in a bunch of very small ways, but you can also zoom the camera way, way back and look at massive pockets of society in the world and think about how the gospel and the influence of Christianity draws out the best of society. If you reflect back throughout history, you're going to find some of the greatest works of art, whether that's literature or painting or sculpture or architecture, some of the most beautiful works of art have been done at the hands of people who have been shaped and formed by Christian influence, by the gospel. Creation itself, created in the very wisdom of God, not that it's just beautiful, but that creation has the, the inerrant qualities that it can be drawn out, the latent potential of creation can be magnified. You are the salt of the earth, whether it's art, whether it's vocation, the influence of, of the gospel on your work. What you do for a vocation, the skills, the gifts that God has given you, do you see how that can be transformed? You're not just going to work, you're sent to work. That work can become a mission itself, one of the ways through which you can serve neighbor, you can glorify God, that you can help make a pocket of maybe not the entire world, but, but your world. You can take a little pocket of creation and you can see God's renewing work take place so that you can glorify him and serve him through your work and you, through your vocation, education, science. And the list goes on and on and on. The ways in which distinct gospel influence, distinct Christian influence, that if you are the salt of the earth, part of what God calls us to do is take all that is good in this world, take all that is good that is made in God's design, yes, broken and fallen, distorted, by the fall of, of humanity, Genesis chapter 3, God is restoring and renewing all things till he comes again. But he sends his people, he sends you and I, draw out the best. Draw out the best of society. Draw out the best of this world. Salt magnifies flavor. But it doesn't just magnify flavor. It also prevents decay. In Jesus' time, if you have gone fishing and caught a whole bunch of fish, or you are selling goat or lamb or, or whatever the meat might be, you can't just put the extra meat in the fridge. Those didn't exist. So how do you prevent the decay of meat? How do you preserve food? How do you prevent something from falling apart faster and, and at greater speed? You use salt and a lot of it. <laughs> it's a preservative. 
But do you see what Jesus is saying? And when he says, you and I, you are God's salt for the earth, he is sending us in a way that the distinct influence of the gospel in your life and through your life can help hold back the decay, the brokenness of this world. God created all things good, yet because sin entered the scene, all things are broken, are distorted in some way. God is redeeming all those things in the person of Jesus Christ. It will be fully and finally redeemed when he comes again, but between now and then, do you see what God is doing? He's not just letting creation fall apart and just completely um, evaporate. He says, no, no, no. I'm sustaining things, and I'm sending my people in to, in a way, help to be salt, to hold back and prevent evil from furthering, sin from furthering, brokenness and decay of society from furthering. There's been two works recently that I've, that I've read have been tremendously helpful to wrap our minds around how, how has the gospel done this throughout time and history? Uh, Tom Holland, not the Spider-Man actor Tom Holland, Tom Holland, different British guy, uh, wrote this book called Dominion, which basically traces how, uh, how Christianity and Christian influence throughout history, from Jesus to today, has had a formative shaping effect on society and the world in such a way that even today, some of the things that have distinct Christian origins and influence, we just take for granted today. They're just invisible to society today, but you peel back all the layers and you see it's a distinctly Christian influence, a distinctly gospel influence that has shaped the world. Rodney Stark, another sociologist who looks at how this tiny marginal Jesus movement became this dominant force in the Roman world and has shaped the rest of, of history in a relatively short amount of time, in just a few centuries his work as well helps to draw out and map out. We might not realize how helpful, how needed your faithful Christian presence in your workplace, in the board meetings that you sit in, in the interactions with coworkers and colleagues and parents and friends that you have. You might not realize how helpful and needed um, um, the ways in which you're forming your children and the ripple effect that that has for society in the world. Be encouraged that your faithful witness, God's work through you, is doing a much greater impact than you might initially realize. You're the salt of the earth, drawing out the best of society, holding back the worst of society, and God doing his renewing work in us and through us along the way, as Eric had mentioned earlier in our service, and it's our strategy. You've heard it before if you've been around village circles. You are God's strategy to reach Lake County. <laughs> in light of today, being in Matthew 5.13, we could maybe tweak that to say, you are God's strategy to salt Lake County. <laughs> there are bedsides that only you can sit at. There are board meetings only you will sit in. There are spheres and pockets of society that you can reach that I can't, or that I can reach that you can't. There are uh, parents that you're going to sit with at, at games, basketball games and baseball games and football games and soccer games that, that only you can speak to. There are neighbors that God has given only you. One of the things that um, 
deeply encouraged me. Every time I walk into my office downstairs, if you've been into the office space downstairs, we've got a big map of, of Lake County. And a couple of years ago, we took all the addresses of everybody that we had on file, and we put a little pin in the map. And you step back, and you realize, oh my goodness, we are completely spread out all throughout northern Lake County and up into Wisconsin and, and into McHenry County. And when you look at this map, you know what it looks a lot like? <laughs> Someone took a salt shaker <laughs> and spread us all throughout this area, our area. Now think about that. You are God's salt of the earth. Do you think he's done that by accident? Do you think he's sent you into the relational circles that he has sent you by accident? Do you think he's given you the children, the family, the extended family, the co-workers, the friends, the neighbors that you have by accident, never by accident. He's sending you there. He's sending you there. Why? Because we are on mission, God's mission. He is doing a redeeming, saving work, and he says, join me. Join me. You're the salt of the earth. Draw out the best of society. Hold back decay of society. And in and through that, God does a renewing work in us and through us to the world. And if that is true, if we are the salt of the earth, if we are God's salt for the earth and for Lake County, that means God's mission includes you. God's mission includes you. Now, if you've been around Christian circles for any amount of time, uh, that's not necessarily an uncommon idea or a new idea, but don't let that idea grow so familiar that you lose the incredible, profound nature of what that means. God's, mi God's mission includes you. Number one, it's his mission, and that means the eternal weight of souls is off your shoulders. Thank God for that. That we don't have to go out on mission absolutely crushed by the eternal burden and weight of the souls of people. It's God's mission. He is the one doing the work. It, that, that keeps us from despair, being crushed with the weight of it. It also keeps us from pride. It's his mission. It's not ours. But if that little idea, God's mission includes you, God's mission includes you, <laughs> you, me, do you see how that infuses meaning and purpose? Do you see that you can wake up every single day uh, knowing that in some way, somehow, God is going to give me opportunities to be used by him to further his mission in this world, to be a faithful presence in this world? There is meaning and purpose infused in the mission of God, given to you in such a way that you can know that your life is important. It matters. It's being used for something far greater than you and I. It's being, uh, we can be used of God to make an impact into eternity that if this life was it, if we just piled up as much accomplishments as we could, as much as degrees as we could, as much as stuff as we could, but, we're, but there's going to be a last moment for every single one of us on this earth. But do you see the mission that God has? <laughs> Death can't undo it. It's a mission that can be invested into eternity. God's mission includes you. And that's what the second half of this verse is speaking to. Look again, Matthew 5, 13. If salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. Now, 
this portion of this verse is not talking about eternal security. It's talking about usefulness for mission. It's not talking about uh, the question of, is God going to see you and persevere with you all the way to the end or not? It's not talking about eternal security. It's talking about usefulness for mission. When you initially read this verse and you think, oh my goodness, is this talking about like the state of my soul? It's kind of an anxious passage, isn't it? But it's not talking about that. When it says the salt is no longer good, useful, helpful for the original, for the purpose to which salt has been designed, Jesus is talking about what it means to be useful or not useful uh, for the sake of his mission or for the sake of his kingdom. Salt. Go back to that metaphor again. Uh, and the, the chemist in the room, you're already there. You're already wrestling with it. What do you mean salt loses its saltiness? It can't. <laughs> what Jesus is talking about is that salt in his time, if it was used to preserve or prevent decay, if salt attached to it was all these other minerals, all these other things, that you add so many things to salt, that all of a sudden the salt gets diluted. It's just one of a whole bunch of other things in the mix, and then you massage that mix into meat or fish or whatever you're trying to preserve. It's not going to work anymore. Same today. Let's say you're making a recipe. It calls for some salt. And then off the books, you say, you know what, let's just add some dirt. <laughs> or let's just add some you know, vacuum cleaner dust. And some baking soda doesn't call for baking soda. Or some flour doesn't call for flour. You add all those things to salt, and then all of a sudden, it's not useful anymore. <laughs> it's not going to help. In a way, that's what Jesus is talking about. When you add to salt... You're not making its effectiveness greater. You're making its effectiveness less. When you add to the gospel, you're not making its effectiveness greater. You're making the effectiveness of the gospel less. Salt plus doesn't help draw out the best in this world. Salt plus doesn't help hold back decay in this world. In the same way, Jesus is saying, gospel plus doesn't help draw out the best of society. Gospel plus, whatever that plus might be, it doesn't help uh, prevent decay in society. Jesus is, is saying, dear Christians, if you want to be a help, a renewing, faithful presence and help to this world, you've got to stay distinct. You have to. You have to. And there's going to be incredible temptations and pressures to want to blend in, to dilute in. Do you realize? Salt. I want to pour in some baking soda, some dirt, some other things, you know. Then I'll blend in. Nobody will notice. But at that point, do you realize we've lost our helpfulness to the world? It's precisely because salt is distinct that it draws out the best and prevents decay. Jesus is saying, stay faithful to the distinct gospel of Jesus Christ. That all of our hope is in his life, death, burial, and resurrection. That faith in him received ultimately by grace, and through him, his mission continues through us of this gospel. Now, the gospel literally has infinite implications. That You can take the gospel, and the implications of that gospel can be applied to absolutely every pocket of your life. 
your values, your finances, marriage, family, how you budget your time, how you see your vocation, uh, how, you, how you relate to the world, how you relate to society and the work, everything, 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 everything. The gospel's implications are infinite, but the core of the gospel has got to stay distinct. Stay distinct. That's how we stay helpful to a world that desperately needs us. We've got to stay distinct, and we've also got to stay close. In some ways, it's so obvious, it, it, it might not even need to be stated, but salt is not going to be helpful if it's not close. Salt in the shelf is not going to make the recipe taste better. Salt in the shelf is not going to help prevent decay. And that means God is going to place you very, 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 very close to places and people and situations and contexts that need God's healing presence through you. Sometimes you might think, Lord, I know that you called us to serve our neighbors, but oh, my neighbor? <laughs> the leaves are falling, Lord. We got another battle coming along the way. You know, whatever it might be. God is going to place you in situations that are tough or that are hard or that are draining or that are taxing. God's going to place you into broken situations. Why? Because that broken situation needs the God of the universe, and he just might be working through you. He might just be positioning you to help further his mission. Stay distinct. Stay close. Massage into every fabric and corner and nook and cranny of society and bring your Christianness with you. Don't leave it. Let God work through you. Stay distinct, stay close, and stay focused on mission. Focused on mission. And in some ways, that small idea of staying focused on mission is a huge aspect of why we're even wanting to tackle this Renew campaign. Because not only as we as individuals or families, but we as a church, we want to stay focused on mission so that we can further God's mission in and through us here at Village and beyond. And, and there's a variety of things, variety of ways. When you think about the various projects of the Renew Campaign, whether you're checking out the list on the website, whether you're looking through the booklet, I want to give you a different vantage point or, or eyes to see or ways to read uh, of those projects. Four phases, as we mentioned before. The Renew Campaign is going to go through four phases of projects, $2.25 million that we're raising debt-free so that these projects uh, aren't hitching us to uh, loans. We're committing to a debt-free process to tackle all these things and all these phases. Why? Why? What's the heart behind it? Because we want to continue to align ourselves, our ministry, to continue to serve the work that God is calling us to do. So as you look at that list, and I'm just going to verbally run through a number of things, do you see how we want to position that, position ourselves to serve ministry? So with our kids' ministry, a fresh kiosk, fresh signage, a new gym tech, outdoor bathrooms, uh, uh, repurposing the east parking lot for sports, we believe can better help serve the discipleship work that we're seeking to do among our kids, better help serve the formative work that we're seeking to do among our youngest of disciples, and also can help serve with efficiency. A number of these things simply just need to be stewarded so that we can continue the work and that we can stay focused on the mission that God has called us to stay focused on people and the youngest of people with our kiddos, our students. A dedicated space, dedicated space 
Room 101, 103, repurposed for a dedicated space where our students can be poured into. What are we trying to, what, what work are we trying to accomplish? God through us in the lives of our students. We saw some of that on here displayed today through testimony. Community, Bible, and mission. Community, Bible, and mission. Those are the three strategies. Those are the three ways students in a, in a cultural moment where real, true, deep, lasting community. We've all, taste, we've all tasted and, and seen false community or pseudo-community. But what Jesus is forming is a new family, a new community centered around him, centered around the gospel of grace, that as our students can come to a place that is theirs, some of the encouraging stories Spencer has shared with the team recently is the different ways that students are inviting their friends. That simple invitation, people come to church on the arm of a friend. People come to church on the arm of a friend. But do you see, it's not just an invitation to an event. It's not just an invitation to a thing. It's an invitation to belong. It's an invitation to be welcomed in. It's an invitation to go from outsider to insider. And those are all things that Christ has accomplished in our life, has he not? Welcome in, belong, go from outsider to insider, be absorbed up into me and the gospel of grace, community, Bible, to be shaped that our students, the primary lens through which our students see the world would first and foremost and ultimately be the lens of scripture, the lens of the gospel, the lens of Christianity, so that all of the false ideologies, all of the, of, of the false teachings that vie for the attention of our students more quickly and efficiently and clearly or can our students articulate, wait a second, that's not the gospel. That's something else. And to discern that, do you see how that could shape the entire trajectory of someone's life? And mission, that our students themselves, that our goal is not just uh, to come and to gather, but to gather so that we can be scattered, so that we can go back <laughs> to school go back to sports teams, go back to music events, to go back to our friendship circles outside of, uh, of, of these circles so that God's mission can continue through us, our kids, our students, adults. As we think about our lobby space, we see that as a space that can better serve and help to serve community and hospitality. We see that as a multi-purpose space that could better serve the equipping, discipling work that we're seeking to accomplish. If you've been with uh, Village for a number of weeks or months or years, uh, perhaps you attended some of the first Friday events this last summer. Opportunities where we want to do some deep equipping to the real needs of our life and the real needs of this world. We think spaces like that can help serve ministry like that so that we can be sent out, so that we can, can do all three of the facets of a healthy Christian life, gathering together. We've got to gather together formed and shaped and grown by the gospel of Jesus Christ so that we can go, we can get out, we can, we can be a part of this world in such a way that we're salt, helpful, drawing out the best, holding back the worst, that God's mission might continue through us. Think about our worship space. We want to continue to steward this space for the week-in, week-out rhythm of gathering, being encouraged, turning our affections to the Lord, sitting under his word, praying, responding to him in worship, doing all the one another's between and before and after services, encouraging one another, praying for one another, bearing each other's burdens, because it's so that, so that, 
so that as we are sent out, we are anchored, encouraged, equipped, so that as we're going out on mission, we're going out uh, helped by what the Lord is doing in our hearts and in our community. Final one on the list, outreach. We think about the campaign. As you look through the booklet and the website and the information, you're going to see a 5% fund, that 5% of the overall campaign we want to devote directly to missions so that we can see similar renewing-esque kind of work take place in the spaces and infrastructure and ministries of not just Village Church but around the world. We want to see the ripple effect not just happen here but go around the world. In addition, the outdoor space we see as an opportunity, not we will put it to work, but my goodness, we want that to be a space that our community can use as well. Also, additionally, uh, you might not realize how often this space, this building is used by whether it's our ministries or the ministries of community partners and local partners in ministry the kingdom, God's work in the greater kingdom, even beyond village circles, is, is integrated and folded into this very space that we're using here. I want to read you a list. This is a non-exhaustive list. Non-exhaustive. Have I mentioned non-exhaustive? This is a non-exhaustive list of all the different things that that utilizes this space, this facility, this building as an integral part or as a part in some way to help further the work that they're trying to accomplish. Think about this. As we think about this space and how it serves mission, this is just a short list of a number of things that utilize this space to see God's work continue through us. Check this out. Worship, tech, choir, preaching, ministry, uh, missionary updates, small group training, equipping, Thrive Live, membership classes, parent-child dedication classes, baptism classes, membership meetings, early learning village preschool, kids zone on Sunday, kids track on Wednesday night, kids fall, spring, and summer events, homegrown and homeschool co-op, home run kids, sports, village students, middle school, village students, high school, open gym basketball, seasonal collection drives, teacher store, recharge community for moms, connecting threads, grief share, ministry meetings for our deaconess, elders, finance committee, trustees, nominated committee, staff, and volunteers, but that's just us. There's also some of our community partners, denominational conferences, Moody Radio Christmas Concerts, India Rural Evangelical Fellowship, Kids Hope USA, Training Love, Inc., Kid, Kindred Life, uh, Mentorship and Care, Whitestone Counseling Resources, Christian Youth Theater, Standing Ovation Theater Academy, Gurney Fire Department, uh, it's a voting location for our area, Gurney Exchange Club Prayer Breakfast, Illinois Born and Joint Collector Drives, Woodland School, Warren School, and Christian Life School, just to name a few. <laughs> These are all things, imagine this, imagine this. Let's just say we just packed up we just packed everything up today. Just call it quits. Had a great run. Let's just wrap up shop. Do you realize that every single one of these irons in the fire would have to somehow figure out what does work continue to look like now if the village church disappeared? God is accomplishing more than you might realize in and through the work that you are putting your hands to, you're putting your life to. God utilizes this space to serve ministry in more ways than you might realize. A huge heart of the Renew campaign is we want to steward that. We want to further that. That over the years to come, we can continue focused on mission so that this building that is our space continues to help us instead of hinder us. It continues to further ministry instead of distracting us from ministry. That's why, in part, we want to step into this campaign because God has a mission in this world. 
And not only do we want to be a part of it, we want to make sure every single ounce of our hearts, we want to make sure every single corner of, of our ministries, we want to make sure that every single square inch of this space is aligned with God's heart, aligned with God's work, so that we can continue and further the work that he is trying to accomplish in us and through us. So when you look at the pictures around the building, and I would encourage you to do so, take time, walk around the building, look at the pictures, go to the website, look at the photos of what we're uh, seeking to accomplish, some of these concept drawings of what we're trying to do, but don't look at them. Look through them. Look through them and see ministry. Look through them and see people. Look through them and see the ways that God is at work through people, for people, for ultimately God's glory. You are God's salt for the earth. What Matthew chapter 5 is this Sunday and this week as we're reflecting through the devotional and, and here in the service, when we're reflecting on this idea of mission, mission, do you see what this passage is calling us to? What God's mission is calling us to? Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 is telling you and I, God's mission has nobody for earth but you. God's mission has nobody for Lake County but you. God's mission has no other plan B other than his people, Christians, believers, in partnership with all other kingdom-minded, gospel-focused people around Lake County in this area, do you see? You're it. I'm it. We are God's strategy. There's no backup plan. He is working in us and through us, so we want to better serve ministry. And we think we have a season that we can tackle that. Do you see how it's all connected? That our vision, we want to see Lake County renewed by God through people transformed by the gospel. And to do that, we want to make the kind and quality of disciples whose mindset, we want our mindsets to be of how can I position all my life to love God and love people? That we might love God fully, love people completely, so that our strategy, you are God's strategy to reach Lake County, slots in nicely in the heart and desire of this campaign because we want to be renewed so that we can see this mission continue and further. So that your journey Whatever your journey might have been. We heard one story here today. I thank God for his grace in your guys' life. And imagine this. Look to the left and to the right and imagine how many other times God's grace has been reduplicated into, in the lives of his people. However he might have folded you and however he might is using you and working in you now, we want to further that. We want to continue that, that God alone might receive the glory. And to that end, let's pray. Father, we ask that you would find in us, in our community, in our lives, Lord, people who have given our lives to your purpose and your calling. So, Father, we continue to, to give ourselves to you. We continue to offer this campaign to you. We continue to ask, Lord, that you would stir our hearts what does engaging in mission look like for me? What does engaging in mission and ministry look like for me, for my gifts, for my family, for the time constraints that I have, for the opportunities that I have? How can you use me to further your mission? So that, Lord, 
as we said last week, there will be a day when the Renew campaign is behind us. Lord, would we look backward on the next two years to come, and not only would we see changed spaces to better help serve ministry, but Lord, may we see changed people. As we look in the mirror two years from now, three years from now, four years from now, Lord, may we see a different version of us because of the grace and formative work and renewing work that you have accomplished in us. We offer ourselves to that degree, to that end. We pray this in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to Village Church of Gurney's podcast. If you would like to know more about Village Church, you can go to our Facebook page under Village Church of Gurney or go to www.bcgurney.org.